0: there'll be a person and like a jellyfish or there'll be like a person and a crocodile or there'll be like a crocodile and i was in darwin and we were going to a waterhole at the time and it was just a sign it was just like watch out for crocs just casually and i'm like mm, cool put a shrimp on the barbie because i'm coming to you everything australian Australia, New Zealand and the world. We are back in action. This is episode 2 of Australia with a little bit of Kiwi brought to you by Event Listings for You. My name is Mal Hartigan and I'm your host for the show. Before we start today's show, as per usual guys, we're here to have a pretty good time. So if you're easily offended, um, you need to scoot. scoot Scootaloot. Sayon. So I know what you've all been waiting for, realistically, is the culture shocks and the juicy stories about that. But what we're going to start off with is what you need to know before you move interstate or when you move countries. Well, especially to Australia, guys. Let's get started. Shall we? If you're thinking about moving interstate or overseas, I think the first thing that you've got to do is one, look at your flights and two, look. Um, look at jobs we'll start we'll start talking about jobs first so the most important thing is What do you currently do? Um, Is it transferable over to the other country or interstate? And what are your options? So in today's technology, we have the ability to do things like email through our CV and do a Skype interview um, so they can actually see you. And it's really important to have a look into a job and not just think that, yeah, for the first five weeks, I'll just chill out and just apply for jobs when I'm there. Honestly, the best thing to do is secure a job before you go. And yes, I totally understand sometimes that's actually not doable. Um, But the best thing is for Australia and New Zealand, there's a website called Seek. Um, I recommend definitely going on there. And even if it's not a job that is going to be, you know, your forever job or the career that you want to do. It's just something to get you started and get the ball rolling and get some money in. This will allow you to be financially stable when you arrive in the country that you want to be in. Second of all, flights, flights, flights. So if you're planning on moving a country, moving a country, moving to a country, I think the best flight, especially from New Zealand, is Qantas, they allow two bags at 40 kgs each. I play hockey, I had hockey sticks and the whole shebang with me. So that was the best flight that I could recommend. Yes, it doesn't go straight to Perth, um, but some of you might not be moving over to Perth, you might be moving to Sydney and it's a little bit closer, etc. Or it could be on the other side of the world. But Qantas is definitely my recommendation. For all your kiwi peeps, anyway. Okay, another good one is who to bank with? I banked with Westpac in New Zealand. So I automatically just transferred over to Westpac here for some reason, even though they're in no way, shape or form connected. I just felt like that was my home bank. So I just continued it that way. Um, But now I don't bank with Westpac. Um, If you have ever read The Barefoot Investor, you will be with ING, I assume. (laughs) That's who I'm with. And just a bit of an info for you guys. I actually know the person that used to be the assistant for The Barefoot Investor, and he is on. He is on all the time. So he knows his stuff. I totally recommend that book. And I recommend ING because. They have really high saving interest rates, um, bigger than any of the big full banks, and they have really low interest rates if you were to spend money on your home loan or something like that, if you have the full deposit, by the way, disclaimer, otherwise they may not be the best bank for you, but that's why I recommend them. And just putting it out there, that is only advice. So um, go and speak to the specialists to see what bank is best for you. That is just from my experience. Okay, okay, okay. Let's move on. Money, money, money. Make sure you budget accurately for your trip. If you do not secure a job before you come, that is okay. Make sure you've got enough money. Like I said in the previous episode, I had a big $500 when I came over to Perth, which was Probably not the greatest amount of money that I could have saved to come to Perth. I was just very lucky that, like I said, my brother was here but if you don't have family members, um, you're gonna need to pay for things like um, four weeks in advance for rent, Um, you're gonna need to pay for petrol, potentially buy a new car. So I'd recommend at least $5,000 for you to head to Australia. I'll just quickly run you through the basic living costs of Australia. So a restaurant meal, this is going from the cheapest at around $12.50, which can go up to at least $35 to $40 depending on how many bevies you buy, which leads me into the next one, Beer costs anywhere from five dollars at a really cheap place up to maybe eleven dollars, and wine bottles cost from average around twelve to I don't know fifty dollars or something like that. Can get really cheap ones as well. You just need to shop around. Who likes coffee? Coffee, coffee, coffee. On to the next one, which is the most important thing. I think uh, some of you may disagree, but coffee coffee costs around $5 here in Perth. And I assume it's the same in the other States. Like I haven't spoken about Adelaide or the others. I've only spoken spoken about Melbourne and Sydney. How rude. Hi Adelaide peeps. Hi Cairns peeps. Hi Canberra peeps. Tasmania. I have not forgotten about you. You are beautiful. Almost as beautiful as New Zealand, but mm, I'm biased do not judge me. And the reason why I like coffee so much over here is the coffee in Australia is amazing. Being a barista is a serious profession in Australia. I'm not even joking. You can go on like these really good barista courses and you can be trained to be one. That is why I like the coffee. And if you know me, I like a soy latte or a soy cappuccino. Um, If you're ever in the bad books, just saying. Or if you just want to be nice, right? Hey? Now, if you are not as lucky as New Zealanders, we basically come over, we tick a box and say that we're staying and that is pretty much as hard as it gets for us. But I know if you're coming from Europe or, you know, somewhere that is not New Zealand. It's a lot harder to be able to come to Australia. So decide if you want to stay a second year early on, because this means that you will need to get your three months regional work over with and plan where you will want to do it, preferably in the cooler months. Which brings me on to my next point. If you are planning on getting a house and or renting an apartment, biggest recommendation get one with air conditioning. It gets so hot in Perth that you cannot live without air conditioning. Trust me. I bought a little car and it was $850 when I first came to Perth and I didn't actually buy it because I didn't have that money. My brother had to lend me it. (laughs) It was a little Suzuki Swift, like 1980s wind down windows. I died. I almost died. You wind down the window and it is like having a hairdryer hit you in the face. It is not nice. Bloody recommend that. And I'm only speaking for Perth. The other parts of the country are just as bloody hot. If not more, I think Perth might be hotter like generally but there has been some hot days over east and just quickly going back to um, jobs you can search on Gumtree as well seek and sign up with lots of recruiters when you arrive Australia has lots of recruiting companies that assist with getting you a job so definitely recommend they match up the person with the company um, who they think will be the best fit and I know somebody who actually does that on a mine site well she doesn't work in a mine site she works here in Perth, but does it for that. And she has like interviews with people in France and all over the joint. It is totally worth it. On to the next thing. So this one's bloody boring. So I'm not going to go into it much, but just remember to keep your final pay slips for any jobs and retain all your documents relating to any super funds as this will help you claim your tax back. That's all I'm going to say. Boring, worth it, but boring and very important, but boring. Did I mention it was boring? I get an accountant to do mine because I can't deal. (laughs) Okay, okay. We're on to the next one. Now, I did mention earlier how I had a dunger as my first car, which was $850. That is because cars in Australia are pretty expensive. Option one, save up cash by private. Ensure that you do all the checks around that for the person that you're buying off. Option two use public transport. Now, only speaking for Perth, everything's quite far away here. The train lines are pretty fast, but still you'd need to plan your time around that if you were to do public transport to start off with. The nip, the NAP. oh yeah, I'm talking about naps, and I'm really meant to be talking about tips. The next tip goes out to the people that are potentially moving to Melbourne. Melbourne. Here's a bloody good tip for you. In Melbourne, the weather can change by 10 degrees within the space of an hour. So think four seasons in one day, I think, pretty much wraps that up. So take a jumper and take some bikinis wherever you go. Or some budgie smugglers if you're into that. Right. In the rural areas of Australia, wallabies and kangaroos are bloody everywhere. I tell you, me and my partner went to Canberra to go to Perisher. I love freaking snowboarding. We drove from Canberra to um, Jindabyne, where we were staying, and I'm not even joking, I think I saw nearly 200 kangaroos on the side of the road. It was heckers. So keep an eye out for the old kangas and the old wallabies. Moving on to tip number I don't fucking know, because I don't know how many fucking tips I've given you, but moving on to the next one. If you're from New Zealand and you're moving over to Australia, this doesn't matter so much for you, because we've not got a bloody ozone layer. <laughs> So if you're out in the sun in New Zealand for 10 minutes, peeps, if you're veering to New Zealand, if you're out in the sun for 10 minutes, you're scorched, you are absolutely burnt to the tee. If you come over to Australia, you're fine. But don't bloody risk the biscuit, put some sunscreen on, you stupid hooligan. And if you're not from New Zealand, and if you're from a place uh, like Scotland and Ireland, a lot of people come to Australia from those places, get high level sunscreen, because you'll be out in the sun for two seconds and you'll probably burn to shreds. So get some good sunscreen. And keeping in the sun theme, in Australia honestly, especially at the moment, it's pretty crazy and it's not very laughable. There is massive fires happening at the moment and it's pretty, pretty scary. So if you're planning on going camping, um, always look out for the um, dangerous um, fire rating signs and have a look to see whether or not they're green, um, they're extreme or whatever it is, because they can go from one acre to 500 and the matter of seconds. It's just, oh, it's crazy here. And in New Zealand, I've got to worry about earthquakes and tsunamis. And in Australia, you've got to worry about and fires. So it's better to be safe than sorry. So always just make sure that you're looking at the DFES website and the rating signs on the way to your trip. Easy as that. Now, Australia is massive. It is actually a really big place. This is a really funny story. So I'm going to tell it. Tune it. We are from a small place in New Zealand called Tauranga. And there's a place that's 10 minutes away called Mount Maunganui. When my brother moved to Perth, his friend Jesse also moved to Perth. And he was like, oh, I'll move to this place called Bunbury. It only looks like it's about the same as Mount Maunganui is away from Tauranga. So she'll be right. It is two and a bit hours away. Two hours. And <laughs> we got here and we are like, Yo, you're not 10 minutes up the road. You're flaming two hours away. Idiot. But yeah, he still lives there with his partner and they have a little baby now. So congratulations and you're still two hours away. Bloody idiot. On to the next one. Now I've written down here, don't worry too much about sharks. It is highly unlikely you'll get bit and probably you won't see a shark. But yet I'm a hypocrite because I am absolutely shit scared of the things they can Stay away, and I'll just stay in the old shark net swimming zone. I'll be happy there, thank you. You might have a bit of a different opinion, but I'm happy not to get bitten by old Brucey. And for those of you who are like me, and a little bit scared of the old sharky shark sharks, um, in New South Wales, there is about 51 shark netted beaches, uh, to put your mind at ease. And in Perth, I know of two. Uh, there's probably more, way more, but uh, that's all I know of. Don't judge. I can definitely vouch for the next one. Now, maybe because it is warmer weather, Australia seems to have really high number of festivals and street parties. I uh, totally agree because I am in the events industry now, industry, and holy by goalies, there's a lot going on and I bloody love it. So If you want to keep up to date with what's going on, jump onto event listings for you Instagram page or Facebook and I will keep you up to date with what is going on. It's currently a Thursday evening and I think in the background you would have just heard my wine uh, take a seat to the old bench there. Yes, I'm drinking a red. It's that time of week, you know, it's, it's closing up to Friday. I've got an audio tomorrow. I'm ready for a wine. Okay, okay, okay. I saw this when I went to Darwin. There is loads of signs in Australia that um, indicate different things, like there'll be a person and like a jellyfish, or there'll be like a person and a crocodile, or there'll be like a crocodile. And I was in Darwin and we were going to a waterhole at the time, and it was just a sign. It was just like, watch out for crocs," just casually. And I'm like, hmm, cool. Safe to say I did not go over my kneecaps in that water that day. One of the other tips I have here is um, a sneaky little, if you are going as far as Australia, you might as well consider New Zealand. I mean, it's just over the hump. From Perth, it's only seven hours. From the other side of Australia, it's only three. I don't know why I chose to go the farthest away, but I did. Um, But yes, very much consider New Zealand. I will do an EP on New Zealand down the track, but we're talking about Australia today recommend New Zealand as well. Okay. to close out the tips or tips and tricks part of this potty Australia is a continent so give yourself plenty of time to see and do everything you want. There is some majorly cool activities that you can do here and recommend saving the money so you can do that and also um bali is just up the road from old australia and it's very cheap so you can scoot over there for a little bit of a trip and um, but honestly there's a lot to see in australia so i'd recommend doing that first before you scoot anywhere else and last of all regret nothing enjoy. Australia has some really cool peeps, really chilled vibes. So you'll meet some amazing people. Don't be afraid to meet people. Drive on the left-hand side of the bloody road and enjoy yourself while you're here. If you have any additional tips that you would like to tell me, um, drop a comment on this potty or jump onto our Facebook page, stay with a little bit of Kiwi. We're just about to go into the second segment of this podcast, which is the hidden cultures that you may or may not know when you move here. I certainly didn't know any and I'm just from a little old New Zealand. I thought I would know everything, but you don't. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I've got some pretty crack up stories. So I'll tell you a few of those. Story, Uno. We're into Speedway. I always have been ever since I was a child. My dad raced, my brother raced, my sister raced, I raced. We all bloody raced, all right? So it's been something that's been brought up with me since I was young. When I moved over to Perth, obviously Daniel had a race car, my brother. So with that, obviously I went to bloody racing, didn't I? Which was really cool. Awesome. Um, I don't know if you know the term bogan, but there's definitely some out (laughs) there. Um... (laughs) The bogan's are just crack up Australians that do not give an absolute fuck. They will say or do anything, and they've got no bloody filter. They do not. They are hilarious. Most of the fuckers over here are rich bogan's um at Race Speedway, and honestly, bloody love them. They Speedway's like a little small weird family, and. Honestly, every second word is fuck, and I feel like that's where I've got my bad language from. I am sorry, guys. So I learnt what a bogan was when I first came over to Perth. Here's the kicker: One time we were at Speedway, and then somebody was like, Yo, come over to ours. Um, we're having a barbecue in the a race shed. And we were like, yeah, no worries. And then we rocked up, and then, you know, just chilling, talking to everyone. It was all cruisy. And the next minute, this bloody topless waiter comes and serves me. And I was like, whoa, your tits are out your tits are out, oh my god, I've been speaking a lot about boobs lately, I apologise for that also, but this is just what happens, like, they were just in like a little g-string, and their boobs were out, and she was like, hey hun, you want a drink, and I was like, um, yeah, I do want a (laughs) drink, and I just, I honestly, I didn't know how to act, because in New Zealand, this doesn't bloody happen, it does not happen, and Over here, it's just completely bloody normal for them to have topless waiters. It's just, it's normal and it's not for me. So it's normal for me now, but at the time I was like, yo, what is up? So that is one story to enlighten you about my experience in birth. Now, the next one may be a little bit controversial, but, and I think this happens in all workplaces, but... So the first job that I got was at uh, child care and it was like before and after school care and it was pretty good like you know it was all girls so there was a lot of cattiness going on and I am not for that vibe whatsoever I'm the opposite and so I worked there and then I got that job up north and then I ended up coming back to Perth and working as a casual at that um, original place that I got a job with when I moved over to Perth in the childcare centre, and it came to the end of the year and we were doing Secret Santa, and I have a lot that goes on in my life outside of work. Um, I was working at this childcare centre at the time, and I was also working part time somewhere else, and I was also playing hockey, and I was also racing, so I had a lot going on, and so we did the secret Santa and I forgot my present. And then I was moving, uh, not moving. I was heading over to New Zealand for a holiday. So when I was in New Zealand, like I just got like crickets again from this company and I actually got removed from this group. It was like a group chat and you can obviously see when you get removed. So I messaged the, I think it was the two I see at the time. And I was like, Hey, I just got removed from this chat. Like, what does this mean? And then I got all these messages back saying like, you didn't give Secret Santa, rah, rah, rah. And then I came back to Perth from my holiday in New Zealand and it was like, nothing. Like I didn't have a job because of Secret Santa. And I, I'm sorry, but I don't know if Secret Santa's in your fucking contract. I think it's a bit of a, a social thing at the end of the year and I had forgotten and I apologized. I actually did have the present but I just forgotten to take it to to that workplace before I flew out to New Zealand. And it wasn't actually the two I see at the time that was, you know, being rude or anything like that. She was just kind of the messenger, poor lass, and She actually felt really bad. She sent me a message like apologising and everything like that, which was really nice of her to do. And look, I'm not going to sit here and bag that workplace because I made some really, really good friends from working there and I still am definitely friends with some of them. It just goes to show that the tip that I'm trying to get out is if you are in... A relatively average workplace. Just realise your worth and realise that there's particular things that you can do wrong. But when it's something like that that isn't really to do with your work, it's probably better not to be in that workplace. And that's definitely not a culture shock. Well it kind of was, but it was more of a workplace culture shock, and that can happen anywhere. It can honestly happen in massive corporate companies and private companies anywhere. Just know your worth, guys. Know your bloody worth. You know it is what it is. Hand in that fucking secret Santa guys. <laughs> Hand in that secret Santa. Do not forget the secret Santa. You could be jobless. Bit of a story for the fucking book, though. And look, I'm putting it on me potty. So when bad stuff happens in your life, it's good for the content. It is great for the content. So that was that. Fortunately, at the time I did have the other part-time job, which moved into full-time. So happy bloody days. Okay. I think I've got time for one more. What do you guys reckon? Okay, I can't hear your feedback, but I feel like we've got time for one more. Now, when I first moved to Perth, I I reckon, let's go, the first six months are going to be your hardest. I can tell you that right now. Get into groups as fast as you can, because when you come to a new place by yourself, you don't have any friends. Like, you just don't, because... You haven't lived here, right? So when I first moved to Perth, I joined up to a hockey club, who I'm still with today. They are fantastic. And I called up, and this is classic Australia, right? I ended up drinking with the girls on a night out before I actually started playing hockey with them. How does that bloody work? They didn't even see me play, and They're like, yo, you're in the team. And I was like, okay, cool. They were like, okay, cool, sing some wines. And I was like, holy hang, welcome to Perth. Australia has a massive drinking culture and they love the cricket. So if you don't drink, um, I would pretend to. (laughs) No, you don't have to. Um, But yeah, it's got a massive drinking culture. Everyone's in for a good time and a bit of a rowdy time. So um, get ready to put your dancing boots on and get out and have a bit of a boogie. So that's the last little story. And that wraps up today. If you have any tips or tricks that I have missed or any culture shocks that you've experienced, like I said, drop me a comment below or just jump onto our Facebook page, Australia with a little bit of Kiwi. And again, guys, if you loved today's episode or even just liked it and you want to give me five stars, I encourage you to do it because if I don't have five stars, then my ratings won't go up and then more people won't be able to enjoy this cool podcast. So hit a like, give me your support. Love you guys. See you in the next episode. Ciao for now. Bye.